Welcome to the DevReady Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're joined from Arne from Adash. He's one of the co-founders of Adash, which is all about connecting food content creators to fans. And Arne will share a little bit more about his experience. Arne, thank you for joining hey, us. Thanks for having me. And welcome aboard, Arne. Hey, welcome. So Arne, obviously Adash founded and more from a technical founder perspective, but tell us a bit about your background and history before Adash and then we'll dig in a little bit into the story of Adash today. Sure. So um, so originally from Vietnam, I spent most of my working career in the Singapore, um, started out in the banking industry as the engineering side of things. Then um, I moved to a pure tech uh, play company and called Symantec. And it's a cybersecurity nice. company from the US. If you remember some of those Norton antivirus software that you install on your Windows, then mm -hmm. yeah, that's what they do. I was working on their uh, email anti-spamming system, uh, scaling and protecting people emails essentially. And then I moved to uh, Australia after after that and joined a, uh, Amazon. So Amazon Web Services. I've been with Amazon Web Services and and then the security side of it um, as well for uh, for more than two years, working on various different products. Before I decided to um, to 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 um, to step out and 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 co-founded um, the, the the company. So yeah, so that's my journey and my background. Quite a variety there. Yeah, perfect. So. There is a little bit there in terms of technical background and where you sort of come from. Adash, how did it all start? Where did it stem from? Was it an idea, concept? Was it meeting of co-founders? How did it come together? Yeah, it's a, it, it has been an interesting journey. So startup has always been on my top uh, uh, priority list, what I want to do. So um, I had a short stint in uh, Singapore. Uh, doing um, a bit of startup there as well, uh, but then uh, I moved. I decided to relocate the whole family to Australia, and uh, yeah, I've been looking out for opportunities um, for um, to start up uh, a business. And uh, and after two years in Amazon, I knew it was the right time for me to to try out new things. So I resigned and joined a community called Antler. So they are an early. Uh, I um, early stage VC, and they are also helping you to meet with other like-minded uh, entrepreneurs. So yeah, we um, we met. Um, uh, I mean, Adash co-founders. We all met there, and we shared the passion for creator economies. Um, uh, shared the passion for food as well. So yeah, so that's how we started from an idea from how we met. Okay, so you weren't founders outside of that network. Was all met there with a shared idea. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. So we met there. We came from different backgrounds. Though I came in mm -hmm. as a uh, with a technical background, um, whereas my co-founder came in uh, having expertise and network in the food space, uh, restaurant industry as well. So that's how we um, yeah we came together. In terms of that experience uh, connecting through Antler, describe a little bit about that for people that have never been exposed to them and. Um, mm maybe people listening to the podcast might be interested in going that angle, looking for co-founders and people they may want to connect with, building network. Talk a bit about that. Sure, of course. Antler was uh, helping basically uh, people with uh, ideas, concepts, or people who are essentially just uh, looking to, to form a startup. 
mm-hmm. to to meet uh, and start discussing uh, different ideas and different uh, topics. And uh, the goals really for them is to match people uh, with different skill set, complementary skill set, but sharing the same um, passion for certain things to start mm-hmm. a business. So it was a it was a very helpful and active community, uh, and it is it still is at the moment. Um, uh, it's essentially the same concept as as a meetup uh, that you may join in your local areas, uh, but uh, more organized, and they do give you some professional support as well in terms of network and uh, certain advice that uh, are helpful for you to start out things related to fundraising and all that. So yeah, so that's um, that's where we were. So do they get involved in the startup at all with capital or is it just a place for you to get together? Oh, so they, yep. So actually, so um, they have a programs where if you have an ideas and you uh, decided to build it and you probably show some tractions, for example, then they are willing to to invest as well. They, uh, they are an early stage, and they are an early stage VC. So yeah, think of them as an investor as well. Okay. Brilliant. If, if, and how did you get involved with Antler? Was it just rock up to a networking event or how did you approach it? Yeah, essentially just a networking event. And then uh, since I was actively looking for uh, startup opportunities, I have already been attending a, f- a few different meetups. Uh, and uh, Antler was one of those things that I attended to. And it turned out to be one of those things that I, I found the co-founders. Um, so, yeah. It's an interesting story, very unique compared to everybody else on the journey that we've had on the podcast. So it is a unique one and something different that people can explore yeah, um, connecting through networking events to find co-founders. You coming from a technical background bring a different experience, but I think, as we all know, it requires a number of skill sets in a, in a startup to actually make a success. It requires some domain expertise, it requires some business now, some technical now, especially in the technical space. So I think it's a really interesting way it's been structured. We've um, spoken to a number of people that are either just completely tech focused and they build technology and not sure how to commercialize, think about business, or the other way, they're all about um, the business, the domain knowledge, but then they go and outsource the tech and not even sure what's happening on the technology front. So yeah. I think it's a different different spin on how you might approach it if you're looking to that is, get involved in startup yeah that is true and uh um just just mm-hmm. just recommend you um uh the audience there is another channel where you can look into that as well there is a yc or y combinator uh, mm-hmm. platform where you can also meet co-founders uh online or offline um, they will also try to help you match with uh, like-minded in- entrepreneurs with complementary skill set, so that uh, could be another open platform that you can explore as, as well. And uh, yeah. it has been getting more and more uh, attention uh, nowadays mm-hmm. um, on that platform. So I think it could be helpful mm-hmm. if you ever think about, hey, I want to do a startup, but I don't know where to start. Then maybe those are the platforms that you can look into, get some inspiration from, and possibly meet someone that you think you can work with for for a long time. Um, or, or even try out working with someone and then see whether it works out or not. Yeah, yeah Y Combinator. Yeah, I think it's all about trying. Y Combinator is yeah. pretty big in the last few years. They're, mm. they're stats that sort of true. speak for themselves as well, how many successful startups go to Series A from their investment initial funding yeah. once they go through there. We applied for them with a recent startup. I didn't make it through, but they said, once you get some customers, mm. apply again. So they were interested, but the traction wasn't yeah. there yet. 
Yeah, definitely. I think they are. They can be uh, a good platform as well. And uh, there are other platforms out there. I mean, if you don't make it or if you're not, you don't feel like it's suitable. But surely they are one of those good ones. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thanks for sharing. I think that's a very good sort of runway and segue into why startup. Um, now you, you obviously were keen on startups, looking at different ideas, concepts. One of the things is you said you always want to get into startup. So, what drew you to it? So, what was the fascination? What was the uh, what's the intent? Why startup for you? Sure. So yes, interesting. I think it's. Uh... I think it's just in my blood. My whole family um, are entrepreneurial. So they're doing small business, medium businesses. Um, and uh, that's just how I was born uh, and, and raised with. Um, but on the other side of things, I feel like I can make a lot more impact with, uh, with uh, doing a startup. It doesn't mean that I didn't, or you cannot make an impact working for a corporate, but it's a different scenario altogether. Um, at least for me, I got to learn uh, various different skills, not just technical, but also business skills, commercial skills, um, sales, marketing, um, HR, everything. And uh, putting all the, uh, the pieces of the puzzle together, you realize that, yeah, it could be very powerful when you're trying to change something. Um, so I think that's the angle that I was uh, looking into. So for example, with Adash, uh, it's essentially, uh, I see the, I saw the pain of my wife as a YouTube content creator. She has been doing, um, yoga lessons online, uh, through YouTube and other channels and Facebook and other channels. Uh, but it is hard to help to, to monetize and hard to make a living out of it, although it's her passion and her, her hobby. Uh, so she's, um, so I, I saw the pain of it on those. There are many fans and followers actually love her content but they didn't have a way to support her uh, to pay for the content as well, except for watching a few of those advertisements on YouTube. So from that angle, I was like, yeah, if, if I could help just a few people to do what they like, then that would be awesome. That would just make it um, so much more interesting. Uh, yeah, so that was the angle that I have been um, diving into. <laughs> It makes a lot of sense in terms of background. I think we're uh, accustomed to following a little bit of what our family does. Uh, we, I started my business because, yes, my family also had their own businesses. So interesting story. Um, I think, yeah, it's, we learn from the past, really. Yeah. And I think being in your own business, I think one of the key things you said there is you come from a technical background, but then you've been exposed to everything and anything and you put on every different hat from sales, marketing. So it gives you a good breast of different types of uh, things that happen in business and a good understanding of what happens. So, um, and then marrying it up with what your wife is doing and a dash came about. I think that's, um, yeah, very interesting how it all stems together just one chain after the other. Yeah, that is true. And remember when Steve Jobs was yeah. talking about connecting the dots, you cannot, uh, mm. you have to... Uh, Connecting the dots, looking backward. Uh, I think that's how it is as well. Everything's just come together yeah. and uh, yes. yeah, and fall into place mm -hmm. nicely. It doesn't mean that yeah. I figure things. I have things figured out. It just means that I feel it's. Um, I feel like uh, yeah. I'm enjoying what I'm doing at the moment, and that's kind yeah. of important um, to me personally and to people um, around me. One of the biggest realizations being in business um, is no one has it figured out. Yeah, um, I think it's, <laughs> from, you're always from learning inside, and it's yeah, changing, from the inside, evolving. From the inside, yeah. Yeah, it's always made up. It looks really. like you may have it all figured out. 
Yes, but you've got that point figured out. What's the next step? How do we yeah. evolve? Is all, and what's changing around you? There's always something going on. And, definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah, it's never perfect, but yeah, no, really good to hear. It, a dash now. Let's dig in a bit more about that and where it sort of stemmed from. So it's obviously content creators um, connecting to uh, people that are interested in the content from a, a food perspective. So tell us a bit about more about that was that one of your co-founders that was quite interested in that space that had the domain expertise is that where it stemmed from yeah that is true as well so my co-founders uh they had uh one of them uh, so i have two um initially two co-founders um they worked in the restaurant industry and then they have some connections and interest in that space definitely uh, for food and uh, the other co-founder was also working for a startup related to food in the uk so um so the food is an interesting topic um i came from the angle of a um content a creator economy space so basically um trying to support content creators so content creators plus food is uh, is a dash it's not a small market to be in for content creators it is yeah yeah i think that's where it sort of took off was on the food everyone used to just take a photo on like on instagram of what they were eating and then that sort of blew up into that mm -hmm. space that is true that is true it's a it's a very dynamic space and uh and i i respect a lot of people who are doing content creations like like you like you guys as well you are trying to make content that is relevant and helpful for the audience mm -hmm. um and it takes a lot of time and effort to really make something good and relevant so how to help uh, people like you to um, to make a living out of it or maybe to um, to figure something else out and, 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 and grow, then that's, that's important to me. Well, in terms of um, how it all came together, so obviously there's a tech component to this, there's a business component to this. Were you, were you invested in by Antler or was, how did that all come together? Oh yeah, so were we, um, so there was, uh, an investor. So basically, you you got to pitch to Antler, and after pitching to Antler, we got uh, uh, their initial investment, and 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 uh, and then we um, continue to raise the next round as well, um, a pre-seed round, if you may call it, or an angel round. Um, people have different definitions, but essentially, and uh, we have some funding to um, to run and build a dash. In terms of where it is right now, um, how is the technology coming together in terms of the application, the solution? Where do you see it and where, has it got, where does it need to get to from your perspective? Sure. So it has definitely evolved a lot from a, um, from a clickable prototype, if you can see it, like from Figma, you click things and everything. It evolved to a, uh, it's an app that we put on the App Store with quite a, a good uh, numbers of positive ratings. Um, and quite a number of users as well, active paying users, to now a SaaS platform on the uh, as a web app, where the content creator, food content creator specifically, can um, join us and then start to uh, publish their recipes, their videos, their learnings, and everything that they can think and produce, and uh, and then they can also send our newsletter as well on the platform. So that's how they engage with the users. So in comp um, so yeah, it has definitely involved a lot, a lot from an uh, idea to a, a pretty big um, product portfolio. Um, in terms of where it's gonna get to, I think it's always the, the same question throughout for, 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 for a startup and especially for, for, for a tech setup like, like us. 
because we still need to adapt to the environment to see what exactly the creators are, are looking for and then keep building um, surrounding that actual needs. So, um, so our goal is really just to help the creators to save their time and cut the cost and make some money and whatever features we're building, we're going to be based on the actual feedback that we are receiving. And getting those stakeholders involved is critical, especially when you're looking for growth to understand where to put your, invest your efforts. That is true. That is true. Yeah. There's some ways to trade off between whether you want to do this uh, or you want to do another one. Um, so, yeah. I think uh, one of the things you, you flagged at me was the Instagram thing that popped up recently, Anth, um, around the uh, basically turning into TikTok, right? So, and then the backlash that, are, that came from that, obviously not listening to users and taking people's feedback on board. Um, it's a bit of a blow up and a, a storm online. Yeah, and then two days later, they reverted every, every all their new changes and let it go, took the recommendations away and started listening. <laughs> When the Kardashians, it's they can do that, yeah, yeah. When the Kardashians start complaining, they they can throw their weight around. Yes, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's it's amazing and it's a, it's a, such an achievement or a feat that they can do it because they are operating at such a scale that they can still mm. be so so agile, so uh, moving mm. so fast. Um, so yeah, from that perspective, I think they are doing a great job of listening to users and responding very very quickly. On the other side, of course, it's all about researching um, and testing with the users and uh, not trying to force uh, the features into the user hand um, too quickly. Yeah. How have you approached that piece? Because obviously that can be challenging, getting in contact, communicating with users. How do you approach that? How do you approach feedback from users and driving the product roadmap? Because working in an agile environment is all well and good provided we're engaging with users and getting continuous feedback um, if we're just doing it in our own loop then it's pointless <laughs> you must well be building a waterfall so yeah i'd love to hear how you've run that to date with the dash yeah spot on on that um, um if if we walk uh in our silo basically we do not know what the world is kind of looking for or what our users are asking for then uh, it's pointless we can build a very polished um, platform. No one is going to use it. Um, so the way that we are approaching it is we get as close as possible to the creators and we are offering them the value and the service that we believe is going to help them. And, uh, and, and, and we do not, again, put or force the features into their hands. They're going to use what feature that they, uh, they feel like is going to save them time and, and money. And we're going to look at the data. We're going to look at uh, the statistics to see what are the most used features so that we can put our effort on. At the same time, we talk to them directly. Uh, we support them day and day and night. Uh, whenever they have an issues, they send us a message. Uh, that's how we can get very close to them. Uh, we can support them um, for issues within Adash or even outside of Adash, just really to understand um, how their whole overall workflow is and what we can do to help. So I think that's how we that's how we get close to our um, users, um, our creators, and help them to do the the work. In terms of your team, um, obviously there's three or four co-founders. From a, um, a a technology perspective, is it just you building this, or is there a bit of a team behind you? How have you approached that piece? Because technology can get pretty pretty big pretty quickly. Um, how is, how do you manage that at the moment? It's true. Yeah. So again, it's another kind of. Uh, um, uh, evolutions as well. So um, we started out by 
me myself uh, building the the prototype, so the the app, the mobile app, uh, because we didn't have much of the funding, and I um, uh, and then it's uh, it's useful for us to get a prototype and get it uh, to the hands of the users quickly. So I built it myself, and then um, after we proved that yes, people are willing to pay, and and people are happy to pay, um, and we got some funding as well based on the the tractions that we've got. Then um, I uh, went out and uh, hired a team uh, in, in, in my home country, Vietnam, because I have network in Singapore and Vietnam, and, and it's reasonable to, um, to have the hybrid model. So I have an engineering team in Vietnam, of team in Vietnam. They are helping me to build um, the current product portfolio uh, and uh, while I'm working on the product roadmap and, of course, getting my hands uh, dirty um, and, and hands-on sometime as well. Um, so yeah, so that house, I uh, had the house. Uh, we evolved from just me as the technical to a team of um, uh, technical engineers as well. Yeah, the hybrid model does have benefit when you understand the culture that, and you have network. Um, we've done a similar thing with some people in our team in Oz that have helped us build an offshore team ourselves. I found it hard to um, just go anywhere and look for <laughs> for people, but I think if you know people and uh, have a, a trust factor and can build a network, that is a great way to approach it. So anyone looking to build offshore teams, we've heard the horror stories being in tech for years around building offshore team, not working at all or just outsourcing not working at all. But you hear the, the good stories about people that have been able to really build a team and generally they find that there's a link back <laughs> that's what i've noticed there's a link back or they know somebody there or there's an ability to actually connect in that way so i find that 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 does help with the success the chance of success in that model yep that is true i agree i agree totally as well because uh, you got to build a trust and then you got to build a uh, working model, a scalable working model with uh, that hybrid offshore team because uh, at the end of the day um, how you worked together is going to just shape the way that your product uh, evolved. So um, um, so a process in place, a team that you can trust in place is, is uh, the utmost important things that we can uh, we can focus on building. Um, and yeah, that's totally understandable in terms of people not having so much success with say offshore or outsourcing team because they don't have that either the um, the connections or the trust or a process to do it. Um, but it could be a very good um, uh, kind of uh, balance between cost and uh, and speed of uh, development as well. Because mm -hmm. um, as, as we all know that the cost of development um, in those uh, advanced countries like Australia, US um, or even Singapore, uh, are very prohibitive for you to um, to to build things um, very quickly um, mm -hmm. with just one or two engineers. So I think there's a there's a good balance for you to, for for all of us to to to, to keep. Yeah. yeah. If you can make it yeah, work, correct. it works well. That is true. That is true. And we are happy at the moment so far with the with the models that we have been uh, That's building. That's great to hear. Yeah. In terms of. Um, You've obviously come from corporate being some big products and things like that. What's one thing that surprised you about stepping into a startup? What's What's been different for you? What's stood out as to, well, that's a little bit different? Yeah, I, I guess probably 99% of the things are different. So it's just different or even opposite. Uh, yes. You've just got to get yourself uh, cover everything, although it does, it's not part of your, say, title. So basically, mm -hmm. it's talking about titles. So I'm a co-CEO and at the same time, I'm a CTO. 
but the, at the end of the day it doesn't mean anything because you still got to do everything that is required to get it uh, running uh, as mm-hmm. i said sales and marketing uh hr legal as well like how to write contract how to review the contract and everything and in the corporate world where i used to work uh, in um, um, I, I would tend to focus a lot on the functions that I'm in. So let's say I'm in uh, technology functions, then uh, it's unlikely that I need to work uh, a lot with, uh, say, uh, marketing um, uh, or, or, the, or how we're marketing a, a bank, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. we, st- we still work with them, but we do not really understand fully how they work or what are the challenges they may be facing um, in full. So um, I think that's the difference. And the, the rest 1% that is the same is probably the, the human factor. So you're still working with uh, many different people and the way that you interact with them, you respect them and keep things uh, transparent uh, uh, and, and build a trust uh, mm-hmm. remains the same. And that is the crucial 1% um, uh, of the similarity. Yeah, I find that fascinating. Ninety-nine percent different. <laughs> yeah, because you are—you need to be willing to jump on anything, um, yeah, and just be a part of anything, and just be willing to take a risk and put put yourself out there and try new things. And I think it's one of the the big things that yeah, we all need to be evolving and trying new things on a day to day basis. Um, because nothing ever really in a startup environment, nothing's ever right. Um, yeah. It's always yeah. yeah, that that works, or this could evolve, or how might we market better, or even how do we communicate our offering better? Um, and as you speak to customers, you learn how they communicate around your product, which then relates to more customers. So it's a cycle, um, and unfortunately, we don't have the people that can sit in each department to do it all. So that is that's the reality. Yeah, that's yeah. a reality. I just yeah. agree with you. I think a lot of startups and people starting a small business don't realize that, that they have to do everything. And when you tell them, like, yeah. you have to do everything, they don't, they don't understand it until that they do true. it. Yeah, I think I think it's um, understandable, and at the same time, uh, it's not for everyone either. Someone may may prefer a corporate jobs because it's it's uh, it's different. It's um, whereas someone um, may not fit in in the corporate jobs, and it's totally um, fine as well. So as you said, uh, Andrew, there's it's, it's nothing is wrong or right here. It's more like whether you find yourself in 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 in, in a corporate jobs or in a startup scenes. And I have seen people who come from corporate to startup and quickly realize it's not for them and they get back to the, 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 the previous job in like two weeks. But I have seen the other way as well. People in startup jumping into a corporate world and was like, oh, this is, what is this? So then they, they jump back in yeah. to startups. So yeah, I think it's a common thing. It depends on personality type really in the end. Um, what, and your risk appetite too, because being in startup is, you need to have a risk appetite and be aware that you are, um, at risk of failure at any point in time, really. That's the reality of startup. Um, yeah, in, that's just... in a corporate world, you can possibly linger on for a year or two and not much happens. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very different environment. So and a bit of a get up and go and we're willing to move fast, learn, evolve, take a hit or two because it's going to happen and um, get up and go again. So that's the world of startup in terms of um, learning and business, really. I, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it's all about the mentality as well. Um, you uh, you fail and then you get back up. As long as you can get back yes. up, and um, then it's not a failure. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a good learning. Definitely, I find that um, being in the world of business is all 
you're always developing as a person. You have to, because if you're not, um, there's no growth. You need to grow as a person to grow a business. That's my thoughts in terms of working in business, um, to expand your thinking, your knowledge, your ability to maybe do something you didn't do yesterday, um, and just taking those new risks, being uncomfortable in different situations, and then getting comfortable with those, and then going again, what else can we do as a business? So um, that's the world of startup and business from what, I, of what I've learned, and it's taught me a lot. And um, in terms of growing as people, I think there's a bit in that as well. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. Totally agree on that one. Yeah, with a, with a dash, um, what's, the, what's the big picture vision? Where do you want to take it? Obviously, you want to take over the world like every other startup and add value to millions and millions of content creators. But if what's what's your goal? What's your objective in terms of your perspective? I think, I think, I think, I think yes, we, our vision is to help as many uh, food content creators as possible. But uh, we also have a bigger, bigger visions as well to expand it to other verticals, not just food. So food is what we started out with, and that is very close to probably almost everyone uh, in terms of what you eat, what you are eating every day, and on that. But on the other hand, the content, the creator economy space is so big that you can apply probably the same concept to uh, different verticals. Think of it like sports or maybe DIY. Uh, all of those space are having the potentials, and and people are creating contents there as well. So, so that's what we are looking um, uh, in in the future, but the, at the moment is one step at a time, trying to fix, uh, fix uh, um, to help a set of users first before we move on to the next thing. Yeah. In terms of that end, what are some of the key things that draw a content creator to a dash, and start considering using the platform to put their content on, either rather than or in conjunction with a YouTube, for example. Sure. Yeah. So um, for us, we we um, provide the tool and the software for um, the food content creators to be able to um, upload the recipes, organize the recipes in a, a, a uh, in a specific way, and it's not um, like a generic platform when you can just upload the videos and then you copy a bunch of text. You actually uh, help them to organize uh, their content and send out things like newsletter, link on the content together. So for example, if you think of a, a recipe, in a recipe, you may have different techniques that you are not so used to as a beginner, or maybe say some advanced technique or a new technique that you are not used to and you want to try it out. Our platform allows the food content creators to link them up together. And uh, so then you watch the videos, a recipe, and then you know, oh, maybe I want to learn this technique. Then you can see that, oh, there's a technique related to it. And it, all of them are free of advertisement. So um, unlike YouTube, where they make money a lot on advertisement, they are changing, but uh, their primary uh, rev- source of revenue is um, advertisement. Uh, we do not put an ads on it. We essentially ask people to, uh, to say, hey, if you, if you like this content and if you want to see more or you want to see some of those premium content, then um, support the creators and, 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 yeah, and, give, and, and do the subscriptions. So I think that's a different uh, revenue model as well. Uh, we keep it clean and we keep it high quality. Uh, yep. So I think that's how we tackle it. In terms of um, your current target market for creators, is there a specific niche within food or is it anybody and everybody right now? At the moment, it's everybody actually. So okay. uh, food is so big. Uh, mm. We have, And because we are a SaaS platform, the creators can essentially choose to um, organize their own mm. page 
as they wish. So if they are, say, a vegan kind of creators, uh, a vegan creators, then they can choose to organize their, their look and feel uh, according to that. And yeah, so uh, yeah, our, our, our market is uh, global as well. So we don't have, let's say, Australian alone or something, but we're actually targeting both Australian, US market, Southeast Asia, essentially anyone uh, who we think can bring values um, to a, a big number of audience. Uh, we are happy to onboard and support. Uh, the goal in the future is, of course, to uh, open it up to everyone, but we'll need to scale it step by step so that we make sure the experience is good for both the creators and for the users. In terms of um, to date, what's some of the biggest challenges that have been in the way of draw, rolling this out, either technology or business side? What are some of your biggest challenges you've faced? Yeah, uh, I think we do we do see challenges uh, pro- probably every day. So it's it's from say technical perspective to say business perspective. So um, so for example, last night we stayed like three four a.m. to just helping to fix a bugs related to um, uh, some SSL certificate. So uh, it seems so small, and uh, you tend to think that oh, it may not happen, but uh, things does uh, things do happen. Um, so those things like how to make sure that you can support the creators, um, how to make sure that you can provide them with the service and the values that they can get um, uh, at the same time balance uh, um, your um, how you move forward as well. Like essentially, you cannot stay up late every day, and it's not healthy. It's not sustainable. So that is one of the challenge of how we do things in a probably a smarter way uh, to help. It could be manual, but it can then get smarter and automated to help um, the creators and the startup to move along together and, and, and be sustainable. So I think that's one of those challenges. Um, and of course, uh, things around how we build certain things that uh, can help the creators, whether we should build this one first or the other one first, uh, what is the benefit of it? What is the cost of it? Those trade-offs we have to make probably every day um, to, to make sure that the product evolves. Yeah. Yeah, we're always weighing up different things and there's always something that pops up. Um, yeah, find that on a day-to-day basis. It's a fair point. It's a challenge every day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, in, in any business, it's all about operational efficiency and improvement. Um, even in startup, how do you just automate some things or just keep things ticking along? So probably you don't make the same mistakes you did yesterday. And I think it's just how do you keep evolving? Because there's no perfect solution. Copy, paste, this is what to do. Um, it's just do learn do learn do learn evolve um, and that's the reality of what you're in right yeah absolutely and that's what makes the whole thing uh, interesting and and kind of fascinating at the same time you don't yes. when you kind of uh, in it you don't feel like you are working um for it or, or anything um so for me i don't feel like so let's say even talking about 2 or 3 a.m i'm not i'm not like proud of it or, or it's not like we should be proud of working so late but it just means that I don't feel like I was working. I just feel like, oh yeah, it's just part of the fun. It's just part of the roller coaster ride that we're doing, and it, it it didn't feel like work for me. So um, I'm not going to go and then say, hey, I have to work until two or three a.m. because uh, this is startup and this is horrible and all that. I just was like, yeah, it's fun. It's part of the game, and I enjoyed it. And then I can slept uh, in the morning as well. Uh, slept late, and then I told yeah, told my team that, hey guys, um. I'm tired. Um, I have to take a bit of recharge. Then and, and and everyone understanding, and that's uh, that's the fun of the game. Yeah. Mm. Looks like yeah, if it's not for that the fun and the enjoyment, then there's no point. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is true. that is true.
That's and the, I think that, yeah, that, part, part of the fun comes about the concept of what you're working on, the people you're around. Um, that's true. In terms of the right team, right fit, I think that's also a, a pivotal piece. How has your team worked cohesively together? Have you found that is, has been going really well from a team perspective? Yeah, we. Uh, I think the the fundamentals of how we uh, work together is probably based on trust uh, mm-hmm. and understanding and respect. Mm-hmm. So we um, always try our best to um, to respect other people's perspectives because uh, for sure there's different opinions, different ideas, different perspectives, and um, and and sometimes we do our best to understand um, people as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. people may need space. Uh, they may be grumpy because just because they need some space. I may be grumpy because oh, I, I stay up late, up or maybe be because I, yeah, or because I couldn't make these uh, things work. So then, giving each other space and respect them is how we can kind of build a trust over time. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's uh, fundamentally how we work together and how we can get this far um, in in this journey. And and it's not easy. It's never easy. Uh, I mean, um, one of the team member decided to. It's time for them to step back to support the list, uh, to support the family, and it's uh, it's a happy time for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's how we support each other, how we move mm-hmm. things together forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but things will evolve and they will change. And for some people, like you said, it's not right for them long term. So that will evolve. And yeah, I hear plenty of stories of people um, have founders. One wants to step back, and then all of a sudden the business is, is gone because there's one or two of them. So um, it is a it's a battle to stay alive sometimes, and get to next steps, and then keep investing, evolving, and then hopefully get to that tipping point where people come on board, creators are, are thriving, businesses generating revenue, and things are moving in the direction that you'll hope for. So. Thanks for coming on, Arne. It's really been a pleasure Thanks talking about the story of Adash and your background and um, how it's all come together to date. Wish you all the best on the journey because I think it's a, a good initiative. There's all content's been eaten up by the likes of um, Instagrams, YouTubes, TikToks of the world, Facebook a little bit there too. So I think there's room for other verticals and play, people to play in this space. So it's such a big and vast area. So good luck with it all and wish you all the best. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for doing this as well. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of other people. Yeah. And feel free to, of course, uh, reach out to me anytime if I anything like that I can help you with on your journey. Yeah? No problem. No, Thank you. And if anyone wants to learn about Adash, um, it's just adashapp.com um, and just go check it out. Yeah, there's another domain called adash.me as well. And yep. those are the two platforms that we're actively promoting. Right, we'll put them in the notes. And thanks for coming on board and sharing their story. Thanks for coming on Dev Ready Podcast. Cheers, Anne. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you.